You spend so much time taking care of your family, your business, your home. How about take care of yourself? Our next guest will give you some tips on how to do that. Building spirituality, family, health, and business. This is The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant. Good afternoon, Giant Builders. Our guest today is Kathy Lecky, and she is the author of My Self-Care Kit. <laughs> and she's also a TEDx speaker. How are you today, Kathy? I'm great. I'm glad that we uh, got together today. Thanks yeah, for having me you. on. So you have also a book called Healing from Codependency. Can, can you tell us about what you do? Yes. So I do not have the, the book healing from codependency is in the works still. Oh, okay. So, so the only book that I have out, um, came out in February and that is my self care sleep, the workbook. <laughs> um, and that is based on the healing from codependency coaching that I do. Um, and in my healing from codependency, I allowed myself to publish that workbook first, which in my plan, in my mind, uh, I always thought that I would write this book and then have the workbook as, um, you know, on the side. But but in Healing from Codependency, it allowed me to let go of a lot of, you know, stuff that would hold me back because I was ready with the workbook. So, um, so I do coach people, individuals and groups on Healing from Codependency. Um, I've been doing some keynote speaking for organizations it's really at this point, a lot of educating people on what codependency really is and what it isn't. Uh, a lot of people will immediately say to me, I'm not codependent. I'm very independent. I, I have a great job and I have great friends and I, you know, I have my own house. And, but as we start talking, we come down to the things that really are codependent in looking to the outside world for validation, for love for entertainment, for uh, making us happy. And those are the things that we start talking about, how to learn how to trust yourself again, how to learn how to forgive yourself, some of the the deeper things. Okay, we'll expand then. What is codependency? So codependency, you know, in a nutshell, is really looking outside of yourself for those things, validation, love, um, somebody to make you feel good, somebody to, uh, entertain you. And when I say that, you know, sometimes it's just a distraction. So we can use other people to distract us from what's really going on with ourselves. So we may get involved in their problems or issues and try to help them and, and, and solve them for them which isn't a bad thing on its own. And no, none of our behaviors in codependency are actually bad on their own. It's just when we do them to the excess that we're not taking care of ourselves first. So if I want to be able to help other people with their problems, then I need to make sure that I'm addressing my own first and that I am coming in healthy and whole and strong to be able to then give of myself to someone else. So you see a lot of people pleasing behaviors. Um, a lot of times when we're codependent, we're drawn to professions like teaching and nursing and coaching, right? Like, hello. Um, and 
And again, none of those things are bad, but it's when you'll see like a nurse standing outside of the hospital smoking a cigarette because she's not really taking care of herself or a teacher in the, you know, running into the teacher's room to grab a donut because they haven't taken the time to have lunch because they're so busy and they're trying to help everybody else. So it's, again, none of the behaviors are inherently bad it or bad for you. It's just when we do them and we're not taking care of ourselves first. So what is like a step to take to break this codependency? Right. So it's really boiled down a disconnection to ourselves. Um, it's a disconnection to what we actually think about things, about what we need, about what we want, about our opinions. So to work on that, on the healing from that, it's all about reconnecting or connecting for the first time with ourselves, really paying attention, really listening to what it is we need and we want. When I first started uh, this out, I had to actually write on a piece of like a little um, sticky note and I had it on my desk and it would say, what do you think? How do you feel? And I would look at it every once in a while. I was never used to asking myself those questions. I would ask my kids, how are you? How, you know, I would ask everybody else, how are you feeling? I could tell because I was so in tuned with everybody else except for myself that I always knew that answer, but to ask myself, you know, somebody it, like the simplest of things, somebody would say, are you cold? Are you hot? And I would always say, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Because I didn't ever really check in with myself or feel like, you know, if I was cold, was I actually going to ask them to turn up the temperature for me? Really pervasive. It's really in the smallest of things, speaking up for ourselves. So so what we do is we learn to connect with ourselves and we do that by getting quiet, by spending time with ourselves, um, being quiet, meditating, maybe writing in a journal, connecting with nature. And we just learn to be, to breathe, to stay present and to allow ourselves to feel and to realize what it is that we actually need to say or do or you know put out there for ourselves this is how we learn to trust ourselves because we start to actually listen to ourselves we start to to say what we need and follow what we need to do that builds trust in ourselves when we can trust ourselves then we can start to set boundaries for ourselves so if i trust that this is something that I need, I'm much more willing to and able to set a boundary with someone or a situation that's going to protect me. If I don't know who I am or what I want or why I'm really doing it, then if I set a boundary and somebody says, you're just being selfish, I might agree with them. Um, I might feel bad about it. But if I know I'm not selfish, this is actually something that I really need, I'm much more willing to stand up for it. Now you mentioned nurses and teachers. I can I could see entrepreneurs being very codependent as far as so focused on their business that they don't put it give time to themselves. Oh, we love to use business as a distraction. Uh -huh. We love it. Um, we can work around the clock, right? And that is something that is socially acceptable. So if you can't show up for something or for yourself, if you can't go to the gym or you can't meditate because you're working, no one is going to say anything about that. 
And so we use that. We absolutely use that to distract ourselves from actually being quiet with ourselves. But how many times do you hear people say that they finally took a day or they finally took a week vacation and how rested and how uh, energized they felt and how they came back to work with this whole new sense? That's why, because they actually had a break in the chaos in their minds to come up with some new ideas, to be creative, to just assess where they were. What would you do if you thought that a friend or a family member was codependent? You would work on your own codependency. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to say that. But. <laughs> so um, again, we we tend to love to focus on what other people we think should be doing or how they could do something better. And it can be as extreme as if we had a, a child or a partner or someone that we love who has an addiction or, you know, just doing our lawn, doing the laundry for our teenage kids who could be doing it for themselves. And we, so we take that energy that we would be putting out there for them and we put it back in on ourselves and we look at why do we feel the need to be reaching out? Are we allowing them to kind of learn their own lessons and go through the practice and feel, you know, when we stop doing our kids laundry, they either have a pile of dirty clothes or they learn how to do their laundry and then they feel proud of themselves and when they leave the house, they know how to do laundry. And so it's actually a gift that we give them by pulling back a little bit. And, you know, and that's, it can be the same uh, in the extremes of an addiction or something where we really know that if somebody would just change their behavior, so many, you know, things would happen and life would be so much better. But we, we have a hard time changing our own behaviors. We are not going to likely change someone else's behaviors. So my understanding is that there's a different feeling maybe about ourselves when we break a codependent structure. Oh, it's tremendous. Um, Yeah. So when we're in our codependency, we are often, um, we often feel like we're not good enough. We often have a lot of fears. We have a huge fear of being judged. That's why we don't speak up for ourselves. That's why in a meeting at work, we might have a great idea, but we're hesitant to raise our hand or to give our opinion. And so in the healing from codependency, we start to really value what it is that we have to offer. And we look at it as as the truth, which is that we are a unique person with a unique set of experiences and, and skills. And we bring to the table something that no one else can we can start to be proud of ourselves. So when we're codependent, we focus on all the things we get wrong. And not that we stop getting things wrong, but when we're in our healing, we can at least appreciate the things that we start to do that are healthy for ourselves and you know, and in the world. So the sense of uh, pride that comes with it, the sense of trusting ourselves again is a completely unknown feeling to us. We we, it, we have this sense of freedom when we can trust ourselves, when we can trust that we're going to do what we need to do, when we need to do it, that we will always be there for ourselves, that if we make a decision, we're either going to like the way it turns out or we're going to learn something from it. 
So we stop fearing the future. We stop fearing making decisions and being wrong. We just accept that we're human, which is really, really tough. Um, but we accept that we're human and we accept that that we can trust ourselves. And that is the best feeling in the world. Are there types of experiences or learnings that cause us to be codependent? We tend to um, learn these behaviors when we're very young. And they can be a product of an abusive childhood or, you know, a childhood that had overt uh, trauma in it. But we can also develop these in more um, subtle ways. So if we have a parent who is emotionally unavailable, we can start to learn some of these codependent behaviors. We tend to not want to express our feelings or needs because we're trying to protect that parent. Mm -hmm. We're trying to keep peace in the house. We don't want to upset them, that kind of thing. And a parent can be emotionally unavailable from either having learned that from their parents or they could have an addiction, an active addiction. They could be going through a divorce where they're completely wrapped up in their own stuff at the time. They might have a parent who's sick, right? Like no parent can be a hundred percent emotionally available to any child. And so we all, that's why I, you know, we, I was saying some of the professions have a lot more people who are codependent, but codependency affects everybody. We're, we're all somewhere on that scale of codependency. So we pick these things up. And as a child, we don't know how to articulate that. We don't know what's actually happening. So we make things up like I must have done something wrong. There's something not good about me that, that my parent or my caregiver isn't here for me. And it's not until we're an adult where we can look back and we can see the experiences that that child went through from an adult perspective and say, oh, now I get it. They were just going through this or they were just human. <laughs> um, a lot of times is the case. So we look back, we do look back at where these codependent thoughts and behaviors came from in our childhood, but we don't do it to blame. We just do it to understand. And once we do, we can understand where our parent came from and the lessons that were taught to them and that they did the best that they could. We look at how we parent and we start to forgive ourselves and have compassion, knowing that we did the best we could with what we got. So the understanding is kind of like trying to break the cycle of it. Absolutely. Because now with with what I've learned about myself and in all of the, this topic, I have three adult children who I share this with all of the time. And I'm able to even go back into experiences that they went through and explain it in a different way so that they can understand it now. If I am working on my codependency and come to a point where I understand a specific time or something, and so I want to bring that to my children, is there a particular way to bring that out and discuss that with them? Well, or do I need to find out what they may have experienced from my past or from my parenting to see if there's something that connects where I can help them? You know, I, I think it's just an ongoing conversation. And so we may talk about the same event a couple of times. And it's interesting. It just happened the other night where I was asking my kids about um, the time that we had a pet um, that we had to rehome 
when we moved mm -hmm. and getting their different perspectives on what actually happened. Someone thought that, that the cat ran away and somebody thought that, you know, I gave the cat away. Somebody thought that the person who took the cat stole it. And so there were all of these different you know, understandings of what actually happened. So I was able to go back and say, this is what our family was going through at the time. Now that you live in your own places and you have your own lives, you can understand it from that adult perspective. And, and so I don't think there's a certain way. I think that when we start to heal, we're not afraid to broach topics that might be uncomfortable anymore. We're not afraid of being, um, judged by our own kids. We're not afraid of being labeled, uh, emotional or anything that, you know, they may come up with. We just do it so that they can better understand because then they can, you know, they can parent differently when it's their turn. Should you bring up the question, like, do you have a memory that was hard for you in the past or how do you determine what may be a confusion like that with the giving the cat away? Uh, well, I just, I literally just brought that topic up. We were, we were sitting watching a football game and I just said, and there was a cat currently in the situation. My daughter just got a cat. And so it, it just naturally brought the topic up. Um, so sometimes I can bring it up naturally like that. Hey, do you guys remember when we had to let go of the cat when you were younger? And they immediately start saying, yeah, why did that lady take it? And, or why did you give it away? Or so you know, that comes up pretty naturally and quickly. And then there are some times that, you know, I'll kind of, I'll, I will say, you know, do you remember when this happened? And I just bring up the conversation and, and give my um, opinion. Sometimes they ask, mm -hmm. I think knowing that I'm willing to have these conversations, they're not afraid to ask. Mm -hmm. They can bring something up. We joke about things now we'll be able to look back at things and you know and see find the humor in them which comes from a distance of course mm -hmm. but I think it's really important it heal because when I have those conversations it heals them by explaining and by them gaining a better understanding and it also heals me because when I talked when I'm coaching I can't think of one parent who doesn't carry a tremendous amount of guilt oh, and yeah. shame um, for things that they think they did wrong in their parenting. And so when I can go back and talk to my kids, adult to adult, it's healing for me too. How did you get into uh, codependent healing? So looking back, I know that I have had these codependent behaviors, thoughts, you know, forever. I can look back into my childhood and I can see it, but I was not aware of it. And actually maybe 25 years ago, a therapist had actually handed me the book codependent no more. And it just didn't make sense to me. And I, I, as a coach now, I love the book, but I do think that it's not necessarily easy reading. Mm -hmm. um, I prefer someone like Darlene Lancer, who's just really articulate on the topic of um, healing from codependency. So after my divorce, I, and I would say I was extremely codependent in my marriage of almost 20 years. When that ended, I started to date and it was apparent very quickly that it was super unhealthy dating. Um, and I was absolutely using that as a distraction from what was really going on in my life. 
I didn't have a strong sense of myself. So for example, if somebody said, you know, if somebody asked me how I was doing, I would say, well, I met this guy or, uh, you know, I'm dating. It was always about my relationship. And now that's not the case. Now, when somebody asks me how I'm doing, I tell them about my painting and my, the class that I'm taking and my work and all of these other things. And then maybe at the end, we might get to my relationship status. So after the divorce, I was dating for years um, and I got into a relationship that I thought was the one that I had been waiting for. And we quickly got our families, kids together and, you know, the whole deal. And within a very short period of time, I found out it was a very unhealthy relationship. And I couldn't understand why I was so attached, emotionally attached to this, what I knew was an unhealthy person. And so it just got me kind of on the path of trying to figure this out. And I started to learn about narcissism and toxic relationships and actually love addiction. There's a book called um, uh, Women Who Love Too Much. Mm. And that book talks about love addiction. And I really identified with so much of that about giving up myself for my partner about uh, just all kinds of unhealthy behaviors. But the healing to all of it came back to healing from codependency. And when I started to really focus on that, really figure out what self-care meant, because to heal from codependency, everyone kept saying, just take care of yourself, just use self-care. And I had no idea what that meant. I literally Googled, what is self-care? How do you self-care? I didn't know. And once I started to do that is when everything changed for me my relationships with my kids with my family with at work with money with food everything changed for me and the other night i i did a um keynote speech and i after it i just felt so proud of myself and i realized how i had never been able to be proud of myself until i did this healing work mm-hmm. and that's why it just when i when i decided to do the coaching and a lot of people who i coach are coming out of toxic relationships or unhealthy relationships whether it's at work or home or um with their kids i knew the focus had to be on the healing from codependency so instead of focusing on the problem really focusing on simple uh but not easy mm-hmm. ways to heal yeah, so Giant Builders, I'll put links below. So we had a previous interview with um, the author of Lama Boundaries, which is a book about narcissistic relationships. So we'll make sure that that gets shared too, as well as your book. We find out that a lot of people who are in these unhealthy relationships have a lot of codependent behaviors, mm. that they don't have the boundaries to protect themselves. They don't trust their instincts or you know, trust those red flags. They don't believe in themselves that they can live without this other person, either emotionally, financially, taking care of the kids, whatever it is. So a lot of it ties back into codependent beliefs. Any closing thoughts? Um, I would just tell you that out of my healing, like I I was saying how I was Googling, you know, ways to do self-care and everything. I started to take notes in my phone 
about things that made me happy, things that I could, people I could count on when I needed them. Um, examples of people or friends or someone that made me feel like I was actually lovable or enough. And so from those lists, I started to share them with the people that I was coaching because they, again, we focus when we're in our codependency, we focus on the negative parts of ourselves. And so if they were feeling like they couldn't trust themselves, I would ask them to start keeping a list of all of the times that they proved that they could trust themselves. And that's how the workbook came to be. Mm. And so for people who are beginning to reconnect with themselves or don't know where to start, this uh, workbook, the questions you know on each page will help you get a little bit closer to those answers. Well, that's great. Sounds like a a great holiday present. <laughs> yes, to yourself. <laughs> yes, to yourself. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And Giant Builders, we're giving away one of her book workbooks. So make sure you leave a, a message below on the. YouTube. And I'd love to interview when your new book comes out. Sounds good. I would love it. All yeah. Right. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, thank you. All right, Giant Builders. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. This has been The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant.